بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم حضرت ابن عمر رضي الله عنه says I was one among 10 people who came into the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam one ansari stood up and asked Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam who is the most intelligent and careful person Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam replied those people who remember death most and prepare for it most these are people who have excelled in the nobility of this world and the honor of the hereafter so one ansari stood up and asked Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam who is the most intelligent and most prudent of all people Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi replied those who remember death most and prepare for it most these are people who have excelled in the nobility of this world and the honor of the hereafter intelligence is something very highly regarded and every person wants to be regarded as very intelligent and obviously the opposite of intelligence is foolishness nobody wants to be regarded as foolish but what is the reality of intelligence and foolishness one is the definitions of the people of dunya who they regard as intelligent who they regard as fools in fact the way things are going and this has been foretold in the hadith sharif that let alone a person that is far away from the reality of intelligence in terms of what shariat is describing but even what is in this dunya something that is an evil people start regarding that as a great thing for example somebody who has the art of deceiving others and deceives them in such a way that they don't even know what happened so in some circles that is regarded as a great kamal a great achievement he bought and sold the person the person didn't even know what happened and he took him for a ride and made him pay for the ticket also the art of deceiving somebody and the art of robbing someone cheating somebody and doing it in a way that that person didn't even realize he got cheated that is regarded as a real achievement now this is what the dunya has become that how the dunya regards things as the whole subversion of things in fact in the hadith sharif rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned the time would come when amanat will be uplifted when there won't be any more amanat left trustworthiness would be gone illa mashallah and it would be gone to such an extent that people would speak it would become a talking point what would become a talking point fi bani fulanin rajulun amin they would hear about it in certain place far away somewhere there is one trustworthy person there that would become a talking point that like we something very strange something very very unique so something happens in some far away place also very strange very unique becomes a talking point that certain thing happens somewhere like that some person would become known as a very trustworthy and very upright person it become a talking point 
Because deception would become the order of the day. And then further Rasulullah says, وَيُقَالُ لِلْرَجُلْ مَا أَعْقَلَهُ وَمَا أَزْرَفَهُ That a person would be then described, that look at this person, how intelligent he is. And this person, what a wonderful person. But Nabi Islam says, وَمَا فِي قَلْبِهِ مِثْقَالُ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ خَرْدَلٍ مِّنْ إِيمَانٍ He doesn't even have iman to the extent of a mustard seed in his heart. But for all the wrong reasons, for all the incorrect things that are in his life, he would start being praised. That look at this person. Look at what a wonderful, wonderful in which sense? Wonderful in all the wrong things, Nauzubillah. So all these values would have become subverted. So, intelligence is not what we think is intelligence. Intelligence is what the Quran Sharif, what the Ahadith of Rasulullah has explained to us, what is intelligence. And in this Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah is explaining that the most intelligent person is the one who prepares for death most. The person who prepares for death most, he is the wisest. And he is the most intelligent. And the person who remembers death most. So this is a yardstick. Nabi Islam has given us a yardstick to judge ourselves. That in reality how intelligent are we? We have the yardstick for ourselves. How often do we remember death? How much have we prepared for death? Preparing for death. So one of the things for example. Are there any rights upon us of people which... We don't have recorded anywhere. However that right got left on us. Perhaps that person doesn't even know about it. He forgot about it or whatever. And we haven't recorded it anywhere. And Allah forbid suddenly death comes. What's going to be the end result of that? That that right is never going to get discharged. From our estate, by our heirs. They don't even know about it. If they don't even know about it, how are they going to even discharge it? And that person might have even forgotten so he's not even going to claim it. Now, if death suddenly comes, this is going to get left unfulfilled. And when it will get fulfilled then? The day of Qiyamah. With what? With the person's good deeds. The Hadith Sharif, it comes, that one dirham, one dirham which is a few rands, one dirham that a person has taken wrongfully, usurped, or he's owing to someone which he hasn't fulfilled, in return, 700 accepted salah will be paid back to him on the day of Qiyamah. 700 accepted salah. So now preparation for death requires, this is just one example, but all these things need to be in order, all these things need to be, well at least be recorded, that Allah knows best when our time comes, that if the time suddenly comes, then these things are not left unfulfilled. So this is in reality, Intelligence. Many ahadith on the different topics have been narrated from Rasulullah regarding the remembrance of death. Some of these narrations have already been mentioned under the hadith of the restraining hopes. Among them the commands of Rasulullah have been mentioned in different narrations that remember the breaker of pleasures excessively, that is death. I'm mentioning this topic separately because of the importance given to it by Rasulullah Excessive remembrance of death is a means of the following. Number one, restraining hopes. One is 
that a person would, in the normal course of events, he has his work, he has his business, he has whatever other responsibilities, he has his job, his profession, whatever it might be, household issues. So there's a certain amount of planning that is done for ahead, that uh, what needs to be done for tomorrow, so he's planning something. Or maybe even for next year, what perhaps something now the year will pass, so this has to now be done. Whatever the case might be, that he now wants to admit his son to now start his hymns. So he's planning now, one year ahead. Or some worldly issue too. So that is something which is part of normal life. Regarding Rasulullah it is mentioned that for every eventuality, he had the preparations for it in advance. It is not that when something would suddenly come up, now the preparations are happening now, how to take care of the situation. The preparations for that would be, have, would be available in advance. So that is within, within the limits and reason that is in order. But where person is having long hopes and he's already now working out a 50 year plan, 25 year program, that this is what I'm going to do first and then this and then this and he's building that empire and castle in the air. And these long, long hopes. Now, if a person knew for sure that I've got one year left, would he have a 20-year plan? Would he have a 50-year plan? He'd be worried about what's going to happen in the cover. The reality is one year is also very far away. We don't have any idea about tomorrow. So while within reason, what is the lim- within limits, the normal planning would happen. But these long, long hopes, this is not in keeping with the spirit that Rasulullah has taught us. And therefore, this remembrance of death is extremely important because when a person keeps remembering how imminent death is, tomorrow, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. Tonight is too late. So when this becomes the condition of a person's heart, then it starts restraining hopes. Number two, it starts making him prepare for death. Number three, non-attachment towards the world which is the actual object of remembering death. That the heart is no more now attached to the dunya. He'll use the dunya, but the heart won't be in the dunya. The heart will be aspiring for the akhirat. So the dunya being in the hands of a person, being in his pocket, being in his, in his account, that won't harm him. But when the heart is now becoming affected with that dunya, then that becomes a very big problem, and that is what causes a person to get involved in all kinds of evil and sin as Rumi gives the example that water water is necessary for that ship to sail if there is no water, that ship won't sail but that same water which will help that ship to sail if that water gets into the ship it will cause it to sink, it will cause its destruction so likewise the material things of this world is like the water on which we need to sail on but as soon as that water comes into the heart, then it will cause a person to sink. Number four, to prevent amassing unused wealth. Number five, it helps to gather a treasure for the hereafter. Number six, a thing which encourages repentance from sin. In other words, remembrance of death encourages repentance from sin. And number seven, it's a prevention from oppressing others and not fulfilling their rights. In short, this deed includes within itself many benefits. 
For this reason, it is the practice of the Mashaykh of Suluk to specially control their followers to meditate over death according to their appropriate conditions. So as discussed yesterday also, that this is to be practiced upon. It's not something just for the sake of learning the facts about it, but something to practice on. And especially those of us who are here in Atikaf, and even if you are not in Atikaf, this should become a practice that we start off immediately, daily, and several times a day, two, three times a day, even if it's for just a short period, two minutes, three minutes at a time. But visualizing one's death, visualizing myself in the cover, visualizing the questioning of the angels in the cover, what answer will I have at that time? Visualizing oneself on the day of Qiyamah. But now the questioning has started. We can't visualize the reality, but we can bring up some picture in our mind that now it's the day of Qiyamah and the questioning has started. What answers do I have for whatever my actions have been? When this would be a recurring thing. Once off, we think now what happened? I, well, I did it one day, two days, five days. But this has to be a constant thing. With the constancy, that reality starts dawning on the heart. And then the real benefit of it is achieved. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. آخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالم سبحان الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك إن شاء الله بيرون 22